Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Well, good morning to all you folk tuned in this morning, if it's the 8 o'clock service or the 10 o'clock or the 12 o'clock or the 5 o'clock, or if you're sitting listening by radio to Highway Radio this morning, just a big good morning as we've moved into 2021. I'm still somewhere in March last year. I still haven't got myself completely around the fact that this is a new year, and maybe you're feeling the same. I want to invite you to bring your Bible this morning. I've been saying at the church for some time now, this book only really gets opened when we read it together as a community or in your private time. The problem with devices is they are very convenient, but there's so much else happening that you pick it up and immediately you see 42 messages and it is a distraction. So I've just been ad nauseum encouraging people Take out your Bible, your paper Bible. If you don't have one, uh, phone the church office, we'll get one to you. We need Bibles, and we need Bibles in our hands. And I trust you've got a Bible with you this morning, because this is not just about a, a little pep talk, a little coaching session, you know, three A's and four B's and four. This is the Word of God that we want to build into you. This is valuable time. You might be walking around making coffee, listening to this in the background. But I hope there's an open Bible close by so that when we read, you can read together with us. May I pray for you as we start. Lord, thank you that even though we're in a season that's like unlike any other season that we've been through in these last 10 months, we have been brought to a new confidence that we are either going to become bitter in our relationship or we can become better. This can either be a tombstone for our experience or this can be a stepping stone into knowing you more. And Lord, I pray that as the word goes out today, people would be strengthened and encouraged in their spirits because you have gone ahead of us. You are in our future. And I pray that some faith will be imparted this morning as I share this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read from Isaiah 61, a well-loved, well-known passage. should be underlined in most of our Bibles. You say, oh, I don't underline my Bible. Well, then maybe you should get, a, you should get another Bible. Because... Uh, it's good to underline scriptures and cement them into your consciousness. It says here, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You see, that's why the anointing comes. 
There's an anointing on you because as a believer, God wants to bring his good news to everyone you come into contact with. It's your destiny. It's your design. And this good news is that Jesus' perfect sacrifice has opened a way into the kingdom where there's no more spiritual poverty. We don't have to tolerate physical poverty. We don't have to endure relational poverty. Poverty, simply defined, is lack. It means that we have a shortage of something. And the anointing is to bring a message that diffuses that poverty. And he goes on and says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I mean, every year we want to believe this, and we do believe this. For favor over 2021. Favor in your home. Favor in your business. Yes, there's a lot of uncertainty out there at the moment. But it's in that very uncertainty that God shows up. Like he did in the Bethlehem story. The Bethlehem narrative was about uncertainty. A woman traveling, going to do a census, not having a midwife, not on medical aid, not even having a place to check in. It was all uncertain. But in the midst of your uncertainty this year, we can trust that Jesus shows up. You see, that's what the anointing to bring the good news does. It brings Jesus into situations where the poor are set free, the brokenhearted are bound up, and the captives are released, and those in darkness are brought into light. That's what the year of God's favor is according to Isaiah 61. Come on, this is good news. This is awesome news. Now, what I want to look at this morning is, or this afternoon, whatever time of the day you're watching this, is cross-reference this passage to Luke chapter 4, because this is kind of Jesus' first sermon in the synagogue. His first message was about the kingdom of God is here. Or his whole message, rather, was about the kingdom being here and him being the door into that kingdom, because if you're not born again, you cannot see this kingdom. Interesting that he says see. Is he speaking to blind people? No, he was speaking to Bartimaeus, to Nicodemus. See, even I get names mixed up regularly. Ask my grandchildren. And Nicodemus wasn't physically blind, but Jesus says to him, if you're not born again, you're not going to see this kingdom. So there's a seeing that goes beyond our physical sight. If you were in church this morning, I'd say, say seeing. Because I want to build around that a little bit this morning. This thing of, of seeing, seeing the kingdom. And so Jesus in Luke chapter 4 is about to quote Isaiah 61. And he goes through the wilderness temptation he comes to the synagogue in Nazareth, and it says here that the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. You see, there's no coincidence here. This was a God appointment. This was his CV about to be read. This was, this was his 
job description. This, this Isaiah passage that was handed to him by the priest serving there was no coincidence. It's a God incidence. God is not the God of coincidence. Let me tell you, more things happen in our life, we think they're coincidence. But here we have an example. Jesus starts reading. Look at this. The same passage we read in Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. We saw that in Isaiah. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. We saw that in Isaiah with one difference, and I'll come back to that in a moment. Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what Isaiah 61 said. So when we go and we cross-reference Luke with Isaiah, we see that the Spirit of the Lord is on me, He's anointed me, preached good news to the poor, sent to proclaim freedom. But where Isaiah speaks about those in jail, in prison, being set free, Jesus speaks about the recovery of sight for the blind. Now, that difference should give us a hermeneutical which is a fancy word for we should be biblically astute to pick up a clue and a nuance that changes between an Old Testament and New Testament passage and say, did he just make a mistake? Did he misquote? I highly doubt that. They could quote the Torah word perfect. No, no, he deliberately changes a word here for the sake of making an emphasis. You see... Isaiah correctly is talking about people that are prisoners. And what is a prisoner? A prisoner is someone whose life opportunities have been limited. A prisoner is someone whose freedom of movement has been restricted. A prisoner is somebody who can't just make a decision to go and do their own thing or go to the wimpy and have a burger or a cup of coffee or to go to the beachfront. A prisoner is someone who's being restrained and controlled and told what to do. And I think a lot of us feel like prisoners right now. Because we've been told, for the first time in my life, I've been told I can't go out after nine at night. Even when I was a teenager, my mother never told me that. Now, look, I understand it's for good reason, and there is some benefit to that. But back to spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is a... A, a disempowering of being able to see beyond what's right in front of you. That's what blindness is. Can you see the connection between being a prisoner in the natural, where your movement is limited, your, your uh, ability to make decisions is, is, is impeded, to blindness? Jesus is not just talking about physical blindness because he does want to heal every sickness and disease to demonstrate what the kingdom looks like. But yeah, he's talking about something different. Isaiah says prisoners bound up. Jesus says those who need their sight 
recovered. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about our sight being restored. Just because you, you, we can physically see that there's a chair, there's a table, that's our physical sight. But even in our physical sight, we sometimes stop short of seeing what's beyond. And spiritual sight gives us the ability not just to see what the five senses can interact with, but it enables us to see a reality of God's kingdom breaking in to an inferior kingdom that's here on earth. And the sad thing about prisoners in the natural is that they talk about repeat offenders. What is that? Well, it's just someone who's become so disempowered, who's developed such a bad self-image, who's so limited in his own thinking that he believes what he's been told that he is, and he becomes a repeat offender. It's, it's a bit like the, the elephant that's conditioned first with a chain, not to move out of a certain area, then with a rope, and eventually, they say you could toss a piece of cotton around its leg and it wouldn't leave that area. Why? Its mind has been conditioned to believe something, whether it's true or not. And this is where we as Christians get into a lot of trouble because we're very prone to believe things that are not true because we limit to what we see in the natural and we don't look beyond what's in front of us to that which is beyond. And that, my friend, is being restored spiritual sight is speaking about. I mean, just an example here would be the, the, the churches have been closed down. So in the natural, the thing in direct in front of us is quite disappointing. But if we look beyond that and realize the gospel can never be chained, Paul in a prison with with no internet and, and, and no radio waves and no way to communicate other way, but through a pen and paper, wrote most of the New Testament. Can you see beyond the limits of lockdown? Can you see beyond the limits of lockdown in your business? What new opportunities and possibilities lie there? Or else we stay focused on the temporary and we become depressed and oppressed, and eventually unimpressed. Jesus wants to restore our sight in 2021. He's the anointer. He's got good news for you. And he doesn't want us to be like that elephant on a string that's been conditioned by the things around us. This thing of wearing masks everywhere. Now I've heard arguments both ways, but I'm going with what my president has said for now, and also because I don't want to get into trouble. It's interesting that you've got to look beyond the mask. So I see people in the shopping centers, and I recognize more people now by the top half of their face than I did when they were showing their whole face, except usually I get it wrong. Hey, Michelle! Michelle okay, sorry, sorry, wrong. Hey, Brian, Brian, I said, Brian, oh, sorry, sorry. I don't know if that's happened to you. It like really makes you feel quite, uh, quite uh, belittled. But the point is, we've we got to look beyond what's immediately in front of us and see that it's not just about masks. There's real people behind those masks. I'm walking down the road in my neighborhood yesterday, 
And on the road, there's this, I'm looking down as I'm walking, you know, not to step into a pothole. I see this Evo squashed, probably a card written over it. And I'm like, oh, Evos are like my favorite vegetable. And I know they're kind of expensive at the moment. So it got my attention. And I thought, what a waste. A squashed Evo in the middle of the road. And as I started to walk forward, I thought about looking up. And as I looked up, I saw a tree hanging over the road with Evos, like butter Evos. I'm thinking, I didn't know if they're in season now because they are cost a fortune in the shops. And I looked up and I saw this tree full of Evos. And the good news is it's out of his property. So I'll give you the address if you're nice to me. The point is, right now, some of you are looking down at what is squashed and immediately in front of you. Many of us in our, in, in our work situation, in, even in the future of our country, you know, you, you, want, you can't just entertain negative perspective all the time. You can't stare perpetually at that squashed ever and think you're going to get hope for the future. You've got to stop and look up a little bit. And just the intuition of, hang on, this came from somewhere. Duh. Just looking up. And, I mean, you can see the spiritual connection there. Our sight needs to be restored. That we don't only see and are limited to the things directly in front of us. Because there are these obstacles all around us. But we see beyond the obstacle. And that's the sight that Jesus is talking about. That's the year of favor. That is the year that he wants to lighten up with faith and hope and possibilities. Do you want him to do that for you? I sure want him to do it for me. It was a bit like in Second Kings. And I don't know how I'm doing for time, but I hope I've got a little bit of time around Second, chap- Second Kings chapter 6. And uh, I made a, a point to bring my Bible, so I've got to remember where Kings is. Kings is in the Old Testament. It's after Exodus. It's after Deuteronomy. It's after Samuel. You go through, just before Chronicles, you get Kings. And you get down to six. And it's the story in 2 Kings, chapter 6, from verse 12. Elisha and his uh, servant. And there was this situation where the city had been surrounded with, sold with the enemy. And the servant of the man of God, which was Elisha, got up and went out early the next morning, and there was an army with horses and chariots that had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Don't you love that? Open his eyes that he may see. That is my prayer for myself for 2021. Open my eyes that I may see beyond what's immediately in front of me, these prison walls, and help me see beyond these prison walls. Then, 
the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came towards him, Elisha prayed. You see, they had victory the moment they saw what God was doing. I, I love that passage. And I think we've had that passage quoted so many new times. So many times. It's not like these chariots and horses weren't already there. It was just that the servant couldn't see them. Could it be that God is unleashing legions of, 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 of angelic activity on the earth right now that if we had eyes to see, we would have a whole new outlook on what's taking place on this planet right now. We were talking about these things 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. They're writing books about the end time, the control that would come over nations, how that monetary systems would be squeezed into a one monetary uh, a stronghold, how that buying and selling would be controlled. Um, they didn't know it back then, but, but electronically you can do these things today. And we're living in such a time where governments can tell you when you can leave your home, when you can go home, what you can buy, what's stopping the next step. Soon as people like that elephant on a chain get used to the chain, then they've got to get used to the rope, then they'll get used to a piece of string, and one day we'll be controlled like puppets with a little bit of sewing cotton. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me see what's beyond, what's directly in front of me. I mean, the president is doing the best he can. I believe his heart is right. I believe we should be praying for him. But if you start getting the jitters and start getting anxious every time you hear there's about to be a speech, then you're looking at the thing right in front of you and not the ultimate king over the kings. He's a king. We salute the king the president for what he's trying to do right now but there's a king over him who's also doing something right now God open our eyes to see being housebound at first for many felt like being in prison literally and now as I'm going around talking to people I'm hearing testimonies like I've actually started learning to appreciate my, where I live I'm actually learning something new. In my case, it was uh, cooking. You know, as, as you're aware, Janet is in the UK. They're locked down there at the moment. She can't get back right now anyway. But we talking regularly. I'm hoping to get her on camera on Sunday via Zoom to share a word pretty soon. But, but you know, we were just we were talking about this uncertainty that we're living in, blocking, locking us at home, and I'm developing some culinary skills. And she's quite excited about that because she's going to get to sample them when she gets back. I might never have learned this. And I'm, the thing is, I'm enjoying it. You know, in the past, it was rush, meat, quick hamburger, quick this, quick, because everything's about rushing. And now, in the afternoons, I take a little bit of time to just therapeutically unwind and I do that around preparing a meal and I've learned some really cool recipes 
So don't, don't get too excited just yet. I'm not opening a kitchen. But I'm so enjoying just developing something that came out of the chaos. And I believe for you there's opportunities and things you can learn and new books you can read and musical instruments you can play. And it's all within your reach if you use your time wisely. Please do not spend hours and hours and days watching news and on Netflix movies. Because this time is going to be gone. We'll look back and say, what happened to that year? Yeah, you watched 37 series of 44 episodes each. That's what happened to that year. But you could have learned to play the guitar. You could have learned to do many other things. And by the way, I enjoy some Netflix stuff. But if that's all I do all day, I will have wasted a good opportunity for a good education. Do you believe what the gospel teaches that he has made you to be the righteousness of God? Because if our vision stops at our behavior, then we are lost. We're lost in the prison of religion because we'll be spend our lives trying to prove to God that we are something he already said we can be. It was the same mistake they made in the garden. And the subject of the new covenant has taught us that Jesus lived the perfect life. Jesus lived the life you and I could never live. He paid a debt that you and I could never have risen back to life from so that in Him we are seated in the heavenly places. In Him we have a new righteousness that's not by the law. And my friend, we've been preaching this gospel. It is the gospel. We've been preaching it because our mind so quickly default to the setting of fear and condemnation and being disqualified and unworthy in the presence of the Holy God. Please hear me say this right now. Or rather, I want to ask you a question. Please listen to this. Do you believe that you are holy? Because God said, be holy as I'm holy. Do you believe you are holy. You say, Steve, nobody could ever say they're holy. What audacity. Only God is holy and we are all sinners. Well, if we believed that, we would have just torn out half the New Testament. Jesus became unholy in becoming my sin so that I could receive the holiness of his righteousness. And to be holy now is a command, but it's an empowering command. It's an imperative. It's an, and it's an imperative qualifying command that says be their light. Be there. Be holy. You see, if we don't believe that what Jesus did was enough to make us holy, we are in a prison. A prison of looking at our immediate behavior and not looking beyond. Ask you again, do you believe that you are holy? Because it's the blood of Jesus on trial right now, as I say this. To believe anything less of the blood is to take away from the cross and make it a non-gospel. The very word hagiazo, the Greek word that 
We've now translated, it's got various justification in its verb, in its adjective form, in its noun form, holiness, has had many different pictures that religion has taught about it. Usually a distant, unhappy God who is so perfect that if you sneeze wrong, you're unholy, and for that he wants to punish you. And because we got brought up with these prisons of religious thinking, it's difficult for us to get back to what that word actually means. And what it actually, its basic meaning is to be set apart, to be set aside. It was a word used for the vessels in the temple. That temple had these vessels to contain oil or water or for the sacrifice to be made or in the Holy of Holies, the showbread, the ark, the lampstand. They were set apart for that use only. They couldn't be taken back home and used as an ornamental Christmas tree on Sunday. They were hagiadzo. They were set aside. They were made holy. That's what it means. And you know, you've been set aside. He has set you apart to be his holy ones. And as we begin to look beyond what our limitations are and see who God is and who God has made us to be, our whole world begins to change. And that's my prayer for you for 2021. That's my desire for us as a community, we call ourselves Highway Christian Community. That's my passion and desire is to say, Lord, open our eyes to see that more of those who are for us than those who are against us. Open our eyes so we'll not only look down at what's been destroyed and, and, and squashed in our lives, but to look up and see that there is an abundance of fruitfulness still waiting for us to step into. Open our eyes, Lord, that we won't be like that elephant on a string, conditioned by life's circumstances. Open our eyes that we won't be like that repeat prisoner who keeps coming back and back because he believes he's unworthy. His worldview is that he's inferior. And because of that, he has limited himself. No, God, this is a year of having our eyes opened. We are going to believe everything your word says we are. We're going to believe everything your word says we have. And we're going to believe everything your word says we can do. And these prison walls, we say to you in Jesus' name, we are not going to limit ourselves to your predictions, but we are going to translate beyond them to what God has promised us. And he said, the good news is so that we don't have to live poor in our minds, our thinking, our relationships. And that this year can be a year of God's favor. I want to pray for you now. And maybe you've been walking around the kitchen or you went out and you came back. If you're in earshot of this last part of the sermon, we just got a few minutes left. Then can I, can I ask you to pause? Can I, can I just get your attention, at least for this prayer? Maybe you missed the message. You can pick it up at 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. But if it's on the radio, then 
yeah, you can go and download off our website, highway.org.za, or on our Facebook from next week. Let me pray for you. Jesus, you are the anointed one. Maybe say this with me as I pray. Jesus, you are the anointed one. You have come to bring good news to the poor. And we have been part of the poor. We, even the rich are poor. Even the poor are poor. Even the middle class are poor. Because whoever does not know you as Lord, whoever does not know you as Savior, whoever does not know you as the one who makes us righteous, is poor. So we receive your free gift to have our eyes opened to see the kingdom, to look beyond what's immediately in front of us and see what's ahead. See your possibilities. We look up and we say, Father, there's fruit coming. There's abundant fruit coming. There's much fruit coming. The season of pruning is coming to an end. And there's a season of abundance coming. Abundant fruit. And this fruit will glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. We're going to continue over the next few weeks as we are not coming together physically at the church, we can continue to stay connected socially. So I encourage you to stay connected with your connect friends and family in the body and keep growing, keep believing, and let's keep praying for each other. Amen.